It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another Pipeline podcast. We are at the National High School Invitational. Tim McMaster here along with Jonathan Mayo of MLB Pipeline. It's the USA Baseball National Training Complex, a great event every year. We're recording this after a lot of the quarterfinals, really one more quarterfinal to go that one's going to be Mountain Ridge High School against Greenhope, and we're excited to be joined by Matt Libertor from Mountain Ridge. Doesn't have to worry about pitching today. Took care of that on day one of the tournament, and really great performance out of you. Just talk about that first, coming out, and I know the first couple innings took you a little while to get settled in, but after that, you seemed like you were in a zone. Yeah, um, so my first two innings, um, well, before the game even, I felt really good, felt like the ball was jumping out of my hand. Um, so I think I was a little bit excited and the first two innings I was rushing just a little bit because I felt so good and I went in after the second inning and talked to my pitching coach um, and like I said in the press conference yesterday he put me through some breathing exercises and I went back out with a lot slower tempo um, and I was able to gather myself a little bit and that's when everything really started clicking for me. You know Matt one of the things you know I'd heard you know early on in the spring from you is you know, a little uh, uptick in velocity I'm sure from the offseason work you did you weren't thrown quite as hard yesterday, uh, but I think you showed, as you did over the summer, that you can still be effective and, and pitch well even if you didn't have the velo. Was there anything that you noticed just mechanically that uh, didn't allow you to, you know, pop some of those, you know, fives and sixes like you've been doing early in, in the spring? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say anything mechanically. Um, maybe like those first two innings is when I would have done that, um, and I was rushing just a little bit, so I could have been a little bit early there. Um, but after the first two innings, you know, my priority became keeping my team in that game and allowing as few runs as possible. And if that meant that I needed to drop two or three miles an hour and not try and pop any of those five, six, or sevens, um, that's what I was going to do. And so I was comfortable pitching in that, you know, 88 to 92, 93-mile-an-hour range the rest of the game. When you're in an event like this, and obviously you pitch great. We saw Cole win out here yesterday. He he pitched great. Um, Tristan Cassis just looked good over a couple of innings. Um, and, and Will Rapal, all these guys... Um, to see them in one place. Is that exciting for you to just see how other guys kind of go about their business on the mound? Yeah, I mean, that was one of my favorite parts about this entire summer, whether it was PG All-American, Under Armour, uh, USA, or even Area Codes. Um, it was a lot of high-level talent all in one place, and especially USA where I got to spend time with those guys. I think I spent three or four weeks in total with them. Um, I got to know all of them really well, how they approach the game, um, their pre-pitch or pre-at-bat routines, all that kind of stuff. And I think not only helped me become a better player, but understand how other people work. And I think that helped me further my game and as far as being able to get guys out or what guys are looking for in certain situations. No, Matt, you were here, you know, Tournament of Stars. You played on that 18-0 team. You got to pick up your championship ring here this week. How much fun is it to come back uh, to USA Baseball in the National Training Complex? I mean, I was super excited to bring my team back here because I know how good the experience was that I had um, as far as being able to play at this complex 
um, staying with my host family, who was amazing. And then also, you know, being able to come back and see those guys that I just won a gold medal with this summer. Cause after the event was over, we just kind of said goodbye and hopped on a plane and that was it. We didn't really get to celebrate or hang out after. So coming back to see those guys and, you know, be able to get our rings together. I think that was something that was pretty special. One of those guys that you got to win a gold medal with is a guy that you actually do see a little more often. Obviously, Nolan Gorman uh, plays for Sandra Day O'Connor. They're here as well. They lost their quarterfinal, um, but we got to ask you about the friendship. Obviously, both of you guys um, on all the lists as far as the draft goes in the spring. Um, it, it's a wild ride, but it must be easier to kind of deal with everything that you guys have to deal with when you can talk to each other about it. Yeah, it's, it's certainly nice to have someone um, that I'd say is in my corner that also gets it. Um, you know, when we hang out, it doesn't always have to be discussion of the draft or going to college or whatever. It doesn't have to be baseball at all. We can just go and be friends and we can go to Top Golf or, you know, go play basketball or play video games even if we want to. Um, and so I've, you know, I've known him since I was five years old and he was four. And so to be able to see us come this far together and be at the same level, um, I, I don't know if words can really describe how that feels. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, a great thing for you guys to have for each other. And you mentioned the draft. And, and what advice would you give to young players? Because you do seem to be able to shut it out mm-hmm. more often than not. But you know, what do you do you know, outside of being able to have a, a friend like Nolan there to bounce things off of? Uh, because the the spotlight gets intense, it's going to get more intense as we you know get closer mm-hmm. uh, to June, and your name is is being mentioned at the top of the first round. H- how do you sort of compartmentalize and keep that separate from what you're trying to do on the mound in any given start? Um, I think one of the biggest things um, that maybe not everybody is as fortunate to have is the support system I have. You know, my parents, my brother, even my grandparents, they live real close to me. Um, You know, they constantly keep me grounded, uh, make sure I'm not getting overwhelmed or stressed by any of it. And then um, probably the second biggest thing is my pitching coach. He's actually our high school pitching coach this year. Um, But I've worked with him since I was about 11. And the motto that he's kind of instilled in me is best day yet. And it sounds kind of cliche, um, but trusting the process and going about your business every day to put you one step closer to where you want to be and making sure that you're taking care of what you need to take care of every single day. And I think that if you're engrossed in that aspect of it, um, it's easy to shut all the other noise out because you're not focused on that. You're focused on what you need to do one minute from now, one hour from now, one day from now. All right, we're going to let you get back down to the dugout because I know your team's getting ready to go. You can cheer them on in this quarterfinal game. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Great stuff there from Matt Libertor. And we also heard from Nolan Gorman a little bit during the broadcast. He talked about their friendship as well, but great stuff. And now Tom Flash Gordon is joining us too. Uh, First time on the Pipeline podcast and first time in the booth really doing some play-by-play color analyst type stuff. How has this week been for you so far, Flash? Because we've had fun having you here. Yeah, it's been great, man, to get out and watch some baseball, to get some good weather finally, to uh, see some of the young arms and the developing kids that are coming through the system to where you get an opportunity to be out on the big league ball field. And these kids have actually relished this moment. It's been great to watch Uh, competitive baseball, good pitching, sound development, uh, kids uh, making contact, hitting balls and making plays happen on the field. And, and. You know, the, the adrenaline, the action, the uh, energy that you're actually getting inside the stadium has been phenomenal. You know, Flash, you know, you got to see it as a, as a dad. I remember seeing you in the stands when Nick did the summer showcase circuit. One of the things about this that makes it so interesting is there are tons of scouts, just like the showcase stuff. But this is a team event. So you get to see these players in that environment and not in the showcase when it's well, how do you run the 60? What's that BP look like? You know, uh, how is that 
differ for you? Obviously, you don't have a you don't have a horse in the game because you don't have a kid out here. But uh, just in terms of the differences, where you remember uh, when Nick was going through the summer showcase circuit? Yeah, well, what I try to do is I try to put myself in that scouting mind. And uh, when you're looking at kids, you try to figure out whether or not, first of all, does a pitcher has arm speed, arm action, arm strength, and those things equate to good mechanics. And now you can kind of see where he has a chance of being two years, three years, maybe even five years down the line. And I'm seeing a lot of really good polished mechanics there, which actually helps to talk about some of these kids when scouts come over. The first thing they want to know is, uh, is there anything the guys got uh, should work on uh, within the next three to six months, and you would like to see. And, of course, we get that opportunity to talk about it firsthand. Uh, and then you look at the uh, the athleticism. I mean, we've seen some athletic plays being made, some kids coming from positions to go on the mound and, and pitch, uh, to do other things athletically with their legs, driving the ball, in batting practice, doing some incredible things, hitting the ball in the alleys. I mean, you're seeing strength and size and numbers. Uh, you're also getting an idea of what scouts are actually looking for, and that, to me, has been a positive because it seems like every single team you may not have the upper echelon of prospects on each and every team but you're having really good baseball and the kids are coming together as a team unit i think it's neat seeing guys that are draft prospects for one thing and for the high school level forced to do other things as well uh, we saw roberto pena calvary christian there on to the semifinals had a couple of rbi doubles on day one really led the team offensively as they won two to nothing and then he comes out he's their number two starter and he's tremendous on the mound here in day two to help them get to the semifinal um, he's a guy that that people have talked about uh, from a draft standpoint but to see him on back-to-back days be the offensive star and then the pitching star is pretty neat yeah, it's always good because you know that we try to not label a kid right away if whether or not he's a starter or a position player. You see the abilities being played. You see what he can do with the bat. You see how he run on the field. And all these things are part of the scouting program. But we also want to see whether or not guy can, can take a, elevate his game when there's some adversity. And when you take a pitcher, a guy that can pitch, play his position, and hit, that's an athlete for me, and I enjoy seeing that. Yeah, and you know sometimes you have pitchers – who hit? You know, last year we saw Hans Kraus, uh, who ended up going in the first round of the Texas Rangers. He hit in the middle of that uh, Dana Hills lineup. No one ever thought for a minute that he was going to hit at any level beyond high school. Then sometimes you have hitters who you, you have to pitch them because you don't have enough arms, right? Tristan Cassis got on the mound in relief. No one expects him to to pitch at the next level. But then you have the guys who are who are legitimate two-way guys now. I've not talked to scouts about Roberto Pena, but from what we saw here, he is good on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I think he could get every opportunity to do that should he go on to college now professional team may like him one way and you know the athleticism you see as a position player when he's on the mound maybe he plays up if he focuses on pitching maybe if he only focuses on hitting that starts coming a little bit more because he doesn't have to work on throwing on the side you know that often is the decision you have to make with with two-way guys and as i said on the broadcast of that game uh, with Shohei otani in the big leagues and and brendan mckay in the minors for the rays maybe you'll see some of these guys getting the chance to to do both for a little bit longer. It used to be once you left amateur baseball, that was it. Yeah, and Penny took a no-hitter into the sixth inning. I mean, it was pretty good. We saw Andrew Roberts as well for Trinity Prep yesterday. He's going to the University of Florida. He could be a two-way guy as well as he plays out in the field when he's not pitching. We saw him on the mound. One guy who's not a two-way player is Cole Wynn for Orange Lutheran, but we talk about uh, almost a no-hitter for Roberto Pena going into the sixth. Cole Wynn goes seven innings, uh, a one-hitter, and the one hit a swinging bunt. I mean, we've seen great performances here at the NHSI. That one was right up there. 
Yeah, and before we get any angry mail from Cole Wynn, he, he does play a position when he doesn't yes. pitch, and he can swing the bat a little bit. But, yes, he's he's a pitcher. He was fantastic. It's you know what you want from your number one pitcher. This is a guy who was in Colorado. Uh, he was in the summer showcase circuit and transferred uh, to, to California because his dad got a job. I mean, his dad's job was located there. This wasn't a let me go find the really good baseball team because he came to Orange Lutheran, who oh they just won this tournament last year. Uh, and he came out, and he was 92 to 94, touched some 95s, uh, really good breaking ball, threw them both for strikes. And had that just enough of a nasty streak on the mound. He he controlled the field when he was on the mound. You could see his body language. Like uh, he looked like a pitcher on another level while everyone else was playing high school baseball. And that's what you want to see. Uh, and this so the guys like that elevate their game in this kind of setting. And and that's what he did in the main stadium. This is a tournament that's historically been dominated by California. Five of the six champions. Florida's got one as well. Those two states obviously high up as far as depth and high school talent and baseball. But this has been fun a little bit this week because we have a Louisiana team now in the semifinals. Uh, and we saw the host school, Green Hope, really come up big in the first round. They're still going to go out here and play in the quarterfinal here. We don't know how they'll do against Mountain Ridge. But under the lights for a little bit, Green Hope on the first night, they're less than three miles from the USA Baseball Complex, their high school, and and they got a big lift from – they have Jordan Adams in center field, two-way star. He plays football, also plays baseball, going to Carolina to play both. But then when you look at the mound and a, and a great starter, an underclassman, what what Liam was able to do. Yeah, you, you watch the young man get out there with poise. And when you talk about pitchability, you're trying to figure out whether or not if there's some adversity and he'd be able to handle it. And right there, he just showed that he was under control. He allowed his pitches to dictate how he felt about getting ahead of the hitters and mixing pitches. He allowed his stuff to be even better than what scouts in some ways predicted because talking to most scouts there, they were talking a lot about the center fielder and barely, if any, saying a whole lot because they figure they got a couple years to really watch him develop. But I think he put himself on the map with that outing. Uh, Without question. And, you know, even if it's, you know, you're talking about the draft for him, that's two years from now. Who knows how much more he's going to physically develop. Uh, You know, you mentioned pitchability. When we talked to people about Liam Norris before, pitchability was not a word that you would have even brought up. It was, well, good raw stuff, especially for a sophomore, left-handed, but he doesn't know where it's going. And he showed tremendous feel for pitching, especially, I mean, the first pitch he threw hit the backstop. You know, he, you know, he hit the bull, you know, to use the bull Durham <laughs> reference right there. But uh, after that, he really settled down and, and, and found himself and really repeated his mechanics well. And, uh, yeah, he is a guy who I think we're going to start hearing uh, more things from, both in the draft standpoint. I can guarantee you that Matt Blood, who puts together the 18 and under team, now he's still an underclassman. Uh, but even if it's, all right, I'm storing this in my back pocket, and a year from now in the summer, I'm going to remember how, he pitched. Now, down the street. Of course, it's going to be really easy for him to go and see him, so he's probably already familiar with him. But you know, this, this was something to put in his file. Said, okay, he can handle the spotlight pretty well. You deal with some other kids as well at, at other events, the Dream Series and things like that. Some of the kids from that event have come over to here. Um, here we get to see him in game action, but you've gotten a chance to go around and talk to pitching coaches a lot here too. And what have you been trying to tell those coaches and, and speaking to some of these young arms? Well, a lot of the coaches just want to kind of get your input about their player and uh, see where it is that he best fit, best fit where in the reports, scouting, the rankings or whatever have you. Uh, and I just tell them that, you know, the most important thing is that the kids are going out there 
with the enthusiasm, the energy, uh, and they're learning to become much better uh, pitchers out there on the mound with 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 you know with innings, eating up innings, and getting themselves uh, a chance to be at such a you know high end tournament. So it's it's good to see these kids get a chance to play. So what you want to do is make sure that they get the opportunities on the mound that they need to develop and continue to gain gain arm strength. Um, composure uh and like i said when you write down pitch ability the first thing comes out is how a guy stands on the mound and whether or not his demeanor is hey if i'm in control i'm controlling myself i'm controlling the pitches i'm trying to make and then when some adversity hits whether or not he can fight through his uh his emotions and and, and bear down thanks so much for flash for joining us here and in the booth it's been great we'll continue it obviously the rest of the week well, thanks for having me one more thing we need to talk about is it's underway the prospect draft. We're going to talk all about it next week on this podcast, but I think we're in the the second round right now, probably waiting on my pick as we've called these games. But uh, we teased this like a month ago that it was going to happen. Just wanted to let people know that it is happening. And despite the fact that Jim Callis consistently has said he's doing no research, he seems to be doing a lot of research. Well, you know, for no research for Jim is like three hours for the rest of us. I'm sure he's got notes written in really tiny, tiny print um, uh, detailing everything. Yeah, for a guy who doesn't do any research, he has a lot to say over which categories. Are in it. But that, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's the, you know, the, the three of us, uh, Jason Ratliff from MLB Pipeline and Jordan Schusterman, uh, one half of the Cespedes Barbecue Boys, uh, is in it as well. And uh, just a way to sort of track who we think are going to have the the best seasons f- among prospects it's top 100 guys or guys who are on the top 10 by position lists and uh, we're putting together rosters and uh, there aren't going to be trades and roster moves and things like that we're just going to sort of let it go and and uh, see who can uh, prognosticate the best and we will have a full breakdown of the 2018 MLB Pipeline Prospect Draft coming up on this podcast next week. Jim will be back with us for that one as well. It's been fun doing this. Uh, stay tuned to the NHSI. You can check out streaming the games. We'll have the semifinals on Friday, the championship game on Saturday. You can check it out on MLB.com and also USABaseball.com. A great event, and you get to the final couple of days, and you always see some great performances from guys that you didn't necessarily know anything about coming into the event. For Tom Flash Gordon and Jonathan Mayo, we want to also thank Matt Libertor for joining us. I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for tuning in to the Pipeline Podcast. <laughs>